0: Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market and cute talent. Hello and welcome to episode fifty-three of this week in production. I'm your host Art Aldridge, and I'm joined by two guests not in the studio. Not remotely, live, on location. More details after this. Before I get to this week's topic, I want to encourage you to send me your comments and feedback. Please email production at gmail.com or call me on my Google voicemail. I'm not going to answer, but it's it's a voicemail box that you can leave a message, 601 601- 564 TWIP TWIP 601 564 8947 Like I said, I'd love to hear from you, comments, suggestions, good bad or whatever. You want to yell at me, you want to tell me I suck, please. I welcome it. Before I get into the details of this week's episode, I'll introduce my guests new to the podcast. First time appearance, Mr. Mike Van. Hey Art, thanks for having me. And back for his, I don't know, 10th, 11th appearance. Something like that. Fan favorite apparently, Christian Schlicht. Hey, how's it going? Very well, very well. Uh, before we get into the podcast, let's just do a quick toast. We just wrapped from an on-location job, which we're going to talk about today, but a toast to everyone for being safe and being careful and working hard cheers 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 i'll turn to you first mike this was your job that you brought me into and i in turn brought christian into but you came to me with this job it was a uh, high profile corporate sales video we can't really go into too many specifics but when you came to me with this project knowing what you were asking which was to travel in the midst of, you know, the COVID crisis, you know, what were you thinking, you know, I was gonna say?
1: Well, I think I really thought you were gonna say this is a remote shoot and, uh, and you were going to, uh, you know, think twice or three times about actually going on site and, and, and shooting this uh, across the country Uh, And, uh, you know, I think we we thought long and hard about whether or not to uh, to make the trip. We watched uh, what was happening and looked at the data and really tried to make an informed decision, uh, really leading up to the last two days before we before we traveled. Uh, But I'm glad we came and and, uh, we'll know in two weeks if if we made the right call.
0: Well, I mean, it's true. When I first um, spoke to you about the job, I mean, I prepared basically three plans one would be that you know we would go as a small crew, much smaller than I would typically have you know attempted with this type of job. Um, the other option was to go without any uh, travel crew besides myself and just hire locals. And I have you know people that I've used out on the West Coast before. And then there was one scenario where I considered, okay, can we send in some sort of you know, camera that's remote controlled on a on a dolly, on some kind of wheeled device, and have someone just wheel it around and we'll remote direct it. And I wasn't really sure. I mean I was concerned. I mean we talked through it a bit and we we looked at, you know, the science and the data as much as we could. I always try to separate the emotional factor from decision making. You have to look at it based on science and, and logic and can you do this safely and i think the decision that we came to was that if we control as much of the process as we can not renting any gear from the outside bringing everything with me bringing christian on board who i knew was you know quarantining and safe and and you know i had been basically quarantining and safe and and you were as well so we weren't bringing in really any foreign elements outside of our control we made the decision to to go ahead though there was a point before we actually left to come here i would say probably 24 hours before that i really thought hard about dropping back and and going remotely or pushing off for a few weeks
1: yeah i i uh i could definitely sense that and i was having the same thoughts myself i kind of you know had had that went through that thought process of are we doing this are we gonna are we gonna do this and you know I, i agree with you i think we we looked at the whole you know the whole picture we determined we could control uh and our environment we really did talk to the to the client and and ensure that they had policy procedure and and uh an environment where there was a lot of distancing kind of built in and we'll we can talk a little bit more about that but the fact is um where we spent you know two and a half days uh was um not densely uh, populated with with employees. Uh, it was a manufacturing environment. Um, the people who were there were covered in PPE and, and uh, spread out. Uh, and in fact, you know, I kind of think we probably were um, safer and a little bit more protected than maybe we would be at home hanging out with our, our college aged you know, kids.
0: It's it's really hard to say. I mean, we took as many precautions as, as you stated as we could. Even to the point where, when I booked airfare, I was looking for, you know, a seven eight seven, you know, Boeing, which was the newest plane, you know, that United had in their fleet, and I figured it had the best, you know, ventilation system and it had the, the most space, just from spreading out. I talked about this a little bit on episode forty eight. Is there a COVID tax? Where I talked about pricing this job. And I did build into the price, you know, enough to put the crew in, you know, the front of the plane, try to distance, you know, from middle seats, things like that. So we did take some precautions from that standpoint. As you said, we were in basically a closed factory. The workers were there, you know, minimal, essential, heavily mass tested you know temperature checks the whole bit and and so from that standpoint we did you know decide to go forward with the job christian i reached out to you asked you if you were interested in the job or not you know did you have concerns i mean yeah this
2: is this would be my second time returning to the west coast um during the covid pandemic and i just wanted to you know it's always great to hear that there's work you know despite what has happened over the course of the last three months, but you know, as long as the precautions and, you know, thought is there and put into effect, you know, once we're out here, it you know, it's it's everyone feels like they can do it until you're there and it's like, well, as long as we can execute it safely, I'm I'm always willing to you know, consider it.
0: Right. And and so on episode forty four of this week in production, you know, we spoke about your first Job right you know, traveling, and that was actually the number one downloaded podcast of the year for this week in production. So yeah congratulations on that. Thank you. But I, I actually felt comfortable with knowing you had that experience from that job to bring you on this one.
2: Yeah, we, are, uh, we were out here in May, and it was, I think they were kind of around like the same um, you know, amount of cases in California, but I just knew how we took the proper precautions when we were out here earlier to, you know, not really oversee any possible infection or contamination with the crew. and uh...
0: I, I think that from, you know, my standpoint, this job happened to be in Northern California near San Jose. I think certainly if it was Florida, I would probably not have taken the job. If it was L.A. or San Diego, you know, any place where the the you know density of cases is high i would probably say no i'm not ready for that now me personally i haven't traveled since i did a ride which was march 24th or so yeah. that was the last time i was on an airplane now i know mike you probably haven't been on an airplane even longer than that yep since uh
1: really before the new year uh and you know that just that was circumstance and and uh I had business in New York, and I think the last time I really traveled into a client location was uh, around March 11th, and that was in Manhattan. Um, so it's been completely virtual, completely remote since. And I think we'll all agree it, it definitely it feels a little strange to to travel and and get back there, but it also feels good.
0: The the airport process. So so. As I said before, I decided I was gonna basically travel with my full complement of gear on a scaled down basis, but I still traveled with 14 road cases and four you know, carry-on equipment bags amongst the three of us. So it's a fair amount of equipment. I would never take such little crew with me on a job of this size, but we did. We traveled with two lighting kits and a lens package and a varicam and a tripod and a whole complement of GoPros and mounts and stands and batteries and a teleprompter, you know, and a, and a podcast kit. And a drone. And a drone and an espresso machine. So it was really the whole kitchen sink. And, you know, when I got to the airport, we happened to be there about two and a half hours ahead of our, our um, flight, which is about when I would normally go, maybe two hours before is when I would normally go. But I was expecting the airport to be less busy. I mean, I was surprised at not only how many people were at the airport, not that there was a lot, but I think my expectation was it would be less. Because when we came back from Alaska in March... That was what I had expected now. And that was very few people in the airport. I, I think we can probably count in, in two hands how many people we saw coming back from Alaska in the airport versus what I saw in Newark uh, on our departure was you know, way more than I thought.
2: Yeah, uh, when we came back um, in May, that alone, it was just me, my, one of my producers and I, and we were the only people in security like it was, you know, a little bit unsettling, but that's kind of what I expected too. And when I saw that I was, you know, a little
0: surprised. Now the the trouble in traveling now is that there's reduced staff. Counter staff, baggage handling staff, TSA staff. There's just less people available. So if you've ever flown out of Newark on United Uh, You're aware that there's a two-level check-in system. They have a a lower level for economy and for the uh, premium flyers, a level three. And usually level three is less busy. But level three this time is completely closed down. So everyone's funneled into level two. There was only uh, two premium access ticket agents. And there were a lot of people there. Now, we rolled in with 14 cases. And the gentleman who was uh, checking us in had never handled any media, you know, flyers. So that process took a lot longer than it normally does. And even to the point where once we got through, and granted there were not a lot of lines at the TSA um, check, the people there didn't seem as skilled, and so I had to wait for my bag to be screened probably longer than I've ever waited on a busy day. (laughs) So less people, maybe they're scanning the bags more closely or they just don't know, I don't know, you know, why, but it just took a long time to get through. So we got there two and a half hours early and we got to the gate with only 10 minutes to spare. So that was unexpected. And then on the plane, you know, again, I tried to book seats in the front of the plane where there were gonna be less people. There were a lot of open seats. And I was surprised that there were people filling in that I guess had gotten upgrades somehow. This yep. route normally on United doesn't have upgrades for free. Normally it's paid upgrades on the San Francisco route. And we started off, we were one of probably five people in the front. Right. And then all of a sudden the front was full. It was full. Yep. And there's people walking around, you know, with half masks, which is really annoying. And or no masks, or, you know, just, there's a lot of confusion, I think, about the mask situation. I mean, what were your observations, Mike, from going through the terminal?
1: So, you know, the, the thing that struck me the most, and, and I've, I've you know, flown that route from Newark to San Francisco over 150 times, um, and I, in almost every single case, the flight was full. So, the fact that this plane was half empty, you know, that, that's when you kind of know... Mm-hmm. Things are not back yet, uh, but they're coming back. I, I was actually surprised that the plane was half full. Um, in terms of everyone moving up front, I'm a little surprised that United uh, did that. I'm not sure how the upgrades were working, but uh, uh, it did get kind of crowded up there. And uh, But we felt safe. We, we were masked uh, unless we were you know eating or drinking. And, and myself, I, I tried to keep the mask on you know, for the flight.
0: Yeah, I think most of the people had the mask on for the whole flight. I did see, like I said, some people walking around. They they either seem like they're not informed or they don't understand the rules about masks. Masks are tricky. I mean, masks suck. They do. I mean, no one enjoys wearing a mask, but it is important to do. But I get it. It's not comfortable. And at least for me, I've learned two things about myself having to wear a mask for longer than I ever have since this thing started because I really don't really leave my house much um, where I have to wear a mask. And occasionally I go into the liquor store, not occasionally, frequently I go into the liquor (laughs) store or to the supermarket, but that's for a short period of time. I've never worn a mask as long as I've worn it on this trip. So I've learned that A, I probably need a better um, mouth mint. My breath is pretty smelly. So I probably need some help in that department, but also that the paper paper masks are terrible. A cloth mask, I feel, is a much better way to go. I I was handed a very nice mask by the clear people at Newark, which turned out to be my favorite mask on this job because it doesn't get so soggy and and wet. but I also learned that, you know, if you wear sunglasses or safety glasses and a mask, they're going to fog up. Yep. That's something I'm not really sure how to combat. Yeah, it makes me grateful I don't wear glasses daily. <laughs> so we, uh, we got to California. We got to, you know, the hotel. You know, we got in late. Granted, I wanted to, like, disinfect my room, but I was so tired I and At some point, I honestly believe you just have to put your faith in people doing the right thing. So I, I just put my faith in the hotel cleaning. And we, we did. We picked, we, we picked a hotel based on Mike's recommendation that was probably a step above a Hilton. And we did it for the reason that, you know, they're probably going to take better care of their guests. I'm not sure there's any truth to that, but we want to believe that.
1: Yeah, we want to believe that, and we, we did look at, the you know, their policies. We talked to them beforehand. Uh, we confirmed that once we got in the room and cleaned up, uh, we could, you know, forego uh, any house, you know, house cleaning during the stay. So we're taking some precaution, and, and uh, you know, I, I did you know move some wipes around some surfaces and sprayed a little lysol but that was three days ago and i'm i'm feeling okay now
0: right and and you know no one in the hotel has been coming into the rooms they don't clean the rooms unless you ask and basically my room's been sealed unless i'm you know in it so that's makes me feel a little better but again i think look you're taking a chance crossing the street You could get hit by a bus. You could get hit by an anvil flawing or a piano coming off a building. I mean, these things happen. So we are putting some, you know, trust in the system. But we are doing our part to be safe. So let's talk about the shoot now. We, We drag these cases across the country. We get to the site. We unload them from our vehicle. We spray them down, wipe them down just from the airline bag of channelers. You know just to be safe and then we load in and again i wasn't i haven't really gone through too much temperature scanning and all these things but they had a nurse they scanned us as we came in you know you have to have your mask on they were very diligent about uh the masking and the temperature i didn't see one person not wearing a mask that was supposed to wear a mask
1: Yeah, it was impressive and it, it definitely made me feel a little more comfortable being there. They were super serious uh, about that and the safety of, of their employees. It also was a it's a high tech manufacturing environment so that they're they're already, you know, careful about how they carry themselves and, and how they act inside that space. So I think that made it also, you know, uh, a little more comfortable to be there and do the work. Um, yeah, I felt I felt
0: great about that. The most surprising part for me about the whole shoot, so we we had to shoot some interviews and we had to shoot some footage B-roll. The interviews we did in two days and we had this one big space. It was a cafeteria that was closed. Plenty of space to spread out. We didn't have anyone closer to the talent than uh, probably 10 feet at any given time. We felt very safe there. So the interview ease didn't wear a mask they wore it they when they came in when we got them on the set we put them on the chair got them lit and moved the boom in then they took their mask off and we did the interviews we had one interview to do the following day it was in a in the one of the manufacturing buildings and it was going to be in a in a boardroom now it wasn't as big as the cafeteria but it was big Enough for the four of us to be in the room and not be on top of each other, six feet apart, no problem. But this uh, interview person didn't remove her mask, which for me was a little, now I understand in hindsight, but at the the moment that she was like, no, I'm going to keep my mask on, I was a little taken back. I wasn't sure how an interview was going to look by someone with a mask and i've seen it on the news and it does bother me because you know the news person is not that close to the camera or the cameraman so why keep the mask on for that it does bother me because i want to see the mouth i want to see the expression but she had a valid reason for not doing it and her reason was that basically she's asking all of her manufacturing staff to come in and work their essential workers and to be safe and wear a mask so she felt like she needed to show by example that she was also doing that so you you can't fault her for that but it was startling
1: it it was definitely startling not something that we had expected and and uh you know looking back at it now I think the these are things that you're just not used to asking and clearing those questions beforehand uh we had no problem the day prior everyone was uh, comfortable and was going to speak without the mask, but uh, I totally understand the you know the position and and she was right. Uh, she was expecting that from the employees when inside those buildings, and uh, she also you know being a leader in the company asked is asking these people to work every day during COVID. So uh, it's totally understandable. So we have to you know we're dealing with that.
0: Yeah, I'll have to see how the edit with that's going to look. I think it's going to be odd. I don't know that the viewers will understand the reasoning behind it, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see how that plays out. And then in terms of the footage and the shooting, again, we did our best to not be in an area where we were, where we're that close, but this is production. We had one local who came in on one day to help move stuff around the factory. It was someone that I had worked with before in uh, the San Francisco area. She had tested before. She knew that you know, she had been self-quarantining herself, so there was no concern about her um, health status. But again, we were operating a little bit in this bubble of trust. The three of us and her were operating that we were all clean. Now, I don't think any of us can say 100% that we're clean, but we're operating on the premise that we've done our best to you know be clean and 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 not have any um virus but there were times in production i have to look over your shoulder christian as you're operating a ronin right we're closer than six feet yeah we're masked up though we're not you know laughing and high-fiving and you know exposing but you know there's just the realities i mean what was your take on that i mean being that this is like my second, you know, our third um, shoot back
2: since the, you know our, our state and other states have reopened, I think the truth of the matter really is that no matter where you go or where you shoot, as we you know begin to open our industry, you're always going to be putting a little bit of trust into the unknown, into your coworkers that they've taken the proper precautions and safety to not get contaminated themselves, and it's going to be a little unsettling and. It's just a matter of you know, will this person looking over my shoulder, or this person who I'm going to be, you know, who I haven't met from California, have they done the proper things? And I think that if you know, if everyone can just do their part, wear the mask, stay away from others, don't group, that
0: you know, slowly but surely we'll get back to it. Right now, the area where we're staying is uh, Santana. Santana Row. Santana Row. Now. Has anything surprised you in this this describe Santana Row Mike for people who have never been here? Yeah, it's a little uh it's a little bit a
1: little bit like the twilight zone really. It's a it's a manufactured uh town square of high-end retail and vertical uh residential living above that it's in San Jose. And uh I've spent a, a bunch of time out here um previously doing a a startup company in Silicon Valley. Uh, before the COVID uh, Santon- Santana Row is hopping uh, with people dining and shopping and, and being out uh, in the evening uh, to, to San Jose is a pretty big city and this is a this is a good spot to come and get It's a food people and drink.
0: watching spot. Absolutely. So just walking around here I've seen the gamut of good and bad in terms of, you know, public behavior. People not wearing any masks and not seeming to care. Uh, People masked up nicely and and maintaining social distance. And then the sort of, you know, uh, people who don't understand the concept. They got the mask half on. They have the mask on as a fashion accessory, but they're not really covering anything. Or, you know, they're taking it down to talk. I saw one woman on a cell phone with the mask pulled down so she could talk as she's walking through a crowded sidewalk. So, you know, not exactly what i wanted to see but i felt like at least the restaurants and stuff were doing their part six feet tables good separation yep
2: it seemed like they were pretty you know in terms of in terms of curbside dining out here it seemed that the restaurants really were enforcing that you have to have your mask on when you're not eating or drinking and that was reassuring but you know with with getting back to it at all it's just
0: kind of a little unsettling but but you have to put some trust Right. I mean, you, you're taking a risk by having someone else prepare your food and clean your yeah, silverware and all that stuff. So, you know, I I don't know how to say it. I mean, I'm just trusting that they're doing the right thing. This may come back and bite me in the butt in, you know, six days. And, you know, and I went for a test before we left. I'm going for a test when I get back. I hope, you know, everything is negative and I'm expecting it to be negative. But again, I've taken a calculated risk. I will accept responsibility for my, you know, actions.
1: You know, I think being from, you know, New York and, and the Northeast uh, in general, we have the unfortunate benefit of having been through some pretty tough days, right? So, you know, even though things are, are kind of ramping up out here, especially in Southern California, and they're getting nervous, I mean, we've seen, some, you know, we we've seen some some bad days. So uh, we're ex- heightened in terms of our uh, sensitivity to it, uh, our understanding, and our, and our fear of you know what, what that can be. Um, and I think that helps us when we step out and decide to go back to work and, and get back at it. Uh, and I think you know we're being careful. Uh, so you know, it feels good to be back, and uh, uh, hopefully we we've done
0: all the right things. Before we wrap up this episode, Christian, any thoughts on how you would prepare for your next uh, travel job based on experiences on this one? Anything you've taken away? I would say when it comes to planning my next or
2: whoever's next travel job that you really have to block out your days by the hour so you know when and where you're going to be at what times so you can implement proper precautions into you know your day by the hour because it's it is important to take those measures and never you know kind of let slack go anywhere
1: mike any closing thoughts from you yeah i mean i think that um some of the work we did in advance to prepare for this was critical and and i i just would say and recommend to anybody talk to your client make it don't don't be shy. Ask them what their policies are, what they're going to do to help protect you, and then you know do some pre-planning and and get ready for it. Uh, and then you know take a look at the situation, look at the area you're going to, make the call, and uh, and 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 go get it.
0: I think for me, this is my first, really my first job since I left Alaska. I mean, certainly the first time I've traveled. I think it is possible. In some parts of the country to you know have certain types of production work done safely I can't say that I would be able to do this in every part of the country I don't think that's possible I don't think anyone could say that they could do it safely in every part of the country but trying to hedge your risks I think it is possible for some jobs to be done somewhere and for me the ability to do remote stuff as well as the physical on-site is is doable and i think it's going to be a mix realistically for another six months until things get sorted out with a vaccine so i think overall this was a good trip it was good to do one it was good that we you know were able to take the precautions that we did the client was flexible enough with us to not have a heavy minute by minute schedule for us we had some leeway in that sense so i think it was a good job to do i feel more comfortable about doing another one in the right circumstances just as i'm sure christian you did now this is your third you know or second second remote job yeah so gentlemen i want to say thank you for uh being here thanks for participating in the podcast and uh, from Santana Row, this is This Week in Production. Cheers. Cheers. Do you have something to say? Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com or even better call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, A reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, so please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on This Week in Production. Thanks for listening.